<laughs> this is Jar Jar Binks, and you're listening to the Fates of the Games Cast. <laughs> Listeners to another edition of the Fate of the Game Cast. Joining me as always are my illustrious co-host Seth Parsley. Hey, how's it going, guys? And Tyler Stewart. Howdy. And I myself am Dalton Miller. Jed Presgrove unfortunately won't be joining us tonight, as he said he was tired and came down with a bad case of the I'm a big pussies. <laughs> uh, so we'll have to do this without him this time around, but it's okay. I think we'll make it. Uh we're going to kind of start out, as usual, with what you've been playing. Uh, Tyler, why don't you start us out, buddy? Mm, same as last week, really. I've just been playing Street Fighter Four on the 3DS on the subway to and from work. Uh, I'm getting better at it, but the learning curve on it is pretty difficult, uh, at least up against the computer. Uh, I have gotten into the habit of playing more online matches, and... It's kind of touch and go. Like sometimes you get, you know, a pretty good round in, but other times you just get your ass totally handed to you. Yeah. Uh, but for a game that's been out for a couple of years now, um, you know, I've de- I'm definitely dedicating a lot of my time to it. Uh, in fact, I would say I've put more time into it at this point than um, Assassin's Creed 4, which is the other game I've been playing. Uh, really just taking my time. I've been trying to find all those Mayan stalays or however you pronounce it yeah. so that I, so that I can get the uh, Mayan armor which looks pretty tight um, yeah the Mayan armor is good it's it's definitely the best of the unlockable armors in the game for sure like uh, I don't know I, I didn't like the the Templar one very much the one that's yeah. like in your joint or whatever you have yeah, to it's, a, it's a really cool uh, looking outfit and, uh, yeah yeah and apparently it deflects bullets or something yeah yeah it deflects oh, bullets awesome. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but yeah, on the last two islands, I'm still locked out of because I haven't progressed in the story. So I've been jumping back into the story missions and then just kind of going around to the forts and destroying them and, um, you know, just kind of knocking it out chip by chip. That game is really more of a uh, process than it is a, a straight line. But I like that. It's kind of it's how I feel that Halo Reach was to the Halo series for Bungie. It's just kind of a love letter version of Halo. Yeah. Uh, and this is a, like a love letter version of Assassin's Creed. Yeah. Um, I would with, like to go back and play Halo Reach. Uh, not, I think I, well, I have to have a 360 to play it, even though I think I downloaded it digitally. But uh, I only played that game on Legendary that, that time we all co-op through it. And man, I just barely remember it. Like, you know, when you play on that fucking difficulty, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but, like, you almost lose, like, the the feel of the whole game. It just, like, it ends up being, like, room or by room or checkpoint by checkpoint, right? Right. Because it's, like, an encounter-based thing almost just because of how difficult it is. Exactly. Um, yeah, I would say that Halo Reach is the best Halo game on the 360. Um, 
you know, as, as excited as we were last year for Halo 4, um, it just ended up being that, or no, I guess not last year, but two years ago at this point. God, shit. has it been two years since Halo 4 already? Well, it's been like a year and some change just because of the, if you... Um, it came out in the whatever November time period, right? Yeah, November 12th. So it's really yeah. just been a year and a couple of months. Uh, but yeah, as exciting as, as the prospect of that game was, Reach really does stand out as the best one. Um, but not to get too sidetracked, you know, uh, that's what <laughs> Assassin's Creed feels like. It's It feels like the best elements of Assassin's Creed 2 and Revelations and uh, Brotherhood. Yeah. Oh, and it, it pretty that. much, yeah, and it pretty much totally ignores Assassin's Creed 3 as it should, minus the, uh, <laughs> minus the ship segments, which, uh, it's a nice bonus. It's yeah. very, uh, very, uh, Legend of Zelda, twi- uh, Wind Waker. Wind Waker, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so many elements that are, are the same, uh, from Wind Waker. For example, mortars lighting up on the water. Yeah. That, that's an element from, Wind Waker, and then you got the tornadoes that are on the water. You've got the storms you got to get through, the fast travel, and all that stuff. It's very, very, very samey. Uh, yeah, but, you know. But also, Wind Waker lifted that from another game. Oh yeah. Yeah, Sid Meier's Pirates. All the all those elements came from that as well. Mm. And that was, uh, yeah, it was a, little, a few years before Wind Waker, but. But yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that though. Like, those are totally awesome elements, and I love the combat in that game so much. Uh, yeah, I never yeah, get tired of the ship combat. Yeah, the ship combat is the is the best aspect, and I even don't mind jumping onto the enemy ships afterwards. Oh but... no, that's totally awesome every time. Yeah. <laughs> the only annoying part is uh, destroying the flag. Sometimes mm-hmm. I just, sometimes I just don't feel like going up to the top of that ship. <laughs> Yeah, the best way to do those is, or I found, was if that, like, I would wait until, of course, your objectives popped up when you pull them in. And if that was one of them, I would go up to the top of my ship where it's much easier to climb. People aren't shooting at you. And then, like, you're just up there and you just cross. Like, when your ships are being pulled together, you know, uh, you can basically wait and time it right. And one of their ropes that tie the, I guess, the sheet to the the horizontal part of the sail like you can sure. jump all across on one of those and then just go do it real quick and then drop down but yeah, yeah it is maybe a little maybe they, they kind of should have had like two of those elevator things i think you know yeah um but overall definitely a great game it doesn't feel very next gen but it's because it's not and <laughs> I'm just kind of waiting on the PlayStation 4 to be a viable console. Uh, I mean, it's kind of ridiculous. We're not even getting game announcements right now. Um, yeah, well, I mean, it's the early part of the year. Uh, I mean, there, there's a couple of announcements that came out, but I mean, they're ubiquitous games last week. Uh, Kingdom Come Deliverance is one of them. Actually, I think that's probably the better one of the three or two that got announced last week. Um, it looks cool. I talked about it in the fake cast news. It's, it's basically a, like an open world RPG, but it's first person kind of like, you know, Skyrim. Um, and it's, it's in like, it's based in like medieval times on earth. Like there's no dragons or fantasy elements or whatever. It's just straight up swords and knights and that kind of shit. Okay. Uh, cool. But they went on Kickstarter. They announced on Tuesday, went on Kickstarter 
Uh, and then like two days later, they had made their goal, which was like 300 grand. They're a Czech uh, developer, a developer from the Czech Republic. And basically like they came out and said, you know, their Kickstarter was just to, uh, there was a private investor that wanted to invest in the game, but he wanted to make sure that it was a viable um I don't know, setting and time period and everything that players would identify with. So, you know, that was like the 300,000 was the kind of the test behind that. But so that was cool. They've got a bunch of gameplay. There's like an eight minute trailer online. looks pretty sweet. The other one was um, Bound by Flame, which uh, it looks cool. The trailer looks cool. But I'm going to tell you right now, the guys who developed it is Spiders. And that's who developed that fucking Mars Warlogs game. And it was god awful. Mm and like they're saying this is a, a similar you know a third person action rpg like ugh, I, don't, I don't know i don't believe it but but i understand what you're talking about though i mean those are of course third party games you're talking about your first party stuff but it's coming i mean cool it's coming I mean, they, so, it's uh, yeah so yeah that's what i've been playing right. <laughs> cool uh seth what about you man you been doing anything better with your playstation 4 than assassin's creed Actually, well, nothing that I couldn't do with my PS3, to be honest. Um, I did finally break down and pick up Injustice. I've been I've been wanting to buy it for a while, but I, I've been holding off. But I finally just broke down and bought it for PS4. Mm, mm. And it's 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 oh it's a very fun fighting game. I like it a lot. Yeah, a lot um, of people gave it fighting game of the year last year. So. I I if I would have done the same thing. It's it's one of the most fun fighting games I've played in a really long time. Nice. Where did you buy it? I bought it off the PlayStation Store. I had some like uh, I had some uh, PlayStation Network cards from Christmas and stuff left over, so I was just like, I'll just go ahead and grab it. Gotcha. Yeah, I was looking at that game on uh, 99 Gamers a couple of weeks ago, and it was like just a little under retail, but not enough to sate that uh, yeah. curiosity. But did you did you end up using that site at all yet? Yeah, I've actually um, I've gotten more like past games that I've I don't have anymore that I really loved than newer stuff but I'm just kind of I've sold several things I'm kind of sitting on my coins until something you know something I, I like pops up yeah I built like a huge well of coins up I sold basically all the collection from 360 that I felt was you know expendable um, yeah mostly contingent upon can I buy it on PC for way cheaper uh, huh. and, and net a pretty solid profit. So I, I've sold everything at this point that I could get on PC minus uh, uh, Hitman Blood Money, Batman Arkham City, which I already have on PC because of that WB sale, mm-hmm. uh, and Dead Rising 2. And then uh, I finished Saboteur, so I uh, put that up as well. But those are the nice. only games I haven't ended up selling. And I thought about okay. putting my, my Fallout games on there, but all, all those hundreds of hours saved on my uh, system are kind of hard to it's kind of hard to part ways with that you can transfer the save over that's what I did in Skyrim can you really from 360 to PC yep 100% what oh nice I I picked up my Skyrim save and my game was bugged on 360 and I coded around it using like the using the console so I like fixed my game so I could continue on and play How did I not know that this was possible? I don't know. I talked about (laughs) Skyrim a ton. I know I talked about importing my save. You can do it with all the Bethesda games. Oh, okay. That's good to know. So, yeah, okay. Well, in that case, I'm going to be selling my Fallout games. (laughs) (laughs) 
So, yeah, you can just make a copy of that save data and port it in. I think you just have to rename the file extension something different. Uh, I think that's all I ended up having to do. Once you pull it in, it, like, converts it to the PC structure, and you just change the file name. So, Nice. But, uh, Very cool. Yeah, it was cool to pick up with my, like, same guy and everything, because I was not about to start Skyrim over after <laughs> having 100 hours in it already. Right. I'm not one of those nutbags, and I know you people are out there that like to fucking re-roll characters left and right. Uh, oh my god, I got a I got a good friend that's like that with Dark Souls. He just he'll just he'll just start over brand new and just plow through it. That's fucking insanity, dude. Uh, speaking of Dark Souls, but you go on what you've been playing. We'll get to that. Okay, I'm gonna say one more thing about Injustice. It is the first fighting game that I've ever played that I actually really really liked the story in it. Yeah, uh, I actually liked the story so much. I went out and got the um, the comic uh, little graphic novel that they had to go with it, and it's pretty good. It was, I haven't finished it yet, but so far it's pretty good too. Yeah. So, what's the story like? Superman goes crazy. It's it's pretty much a Joker uh, mind controls him somehow into killing Lois and his unborn child and destroying Metropolis. Uh huh. So whenever Superman comes to he realizes and he's like, oh shit. So he just pretty much starts ruling the world and getting rid of crime by just like oppressing everybody. Eh, it's kind of the Justice Lords rewritten a little differently. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool though. It's, it's insane though because at certain points, like Superman just, just starts killing people and it's just like, what the hell is happening? That's awesome. I, I like the MacGuffin though of that there is like a anti Superman pill that, ever, that all the other heroes and villains have taken and that's like how they stay in the ring with superman in a fighting game <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, yeah yeah but uh, i mean i can i can you gotta do something yeah, yeah you know if you're playing a fighting game based on superheroes and everybody knows that superman is the most op character in any universe you gotta like have some level of suspension of disbelief you're, I, mean, I, know, yeah. I know but it's funny that there's a pill it's a pill. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not like a shield generator that like emits Krypton radiation or some shit. You know what I mean? Like it could have been. Yeah. It could have been anything but a pill. Like it would have been even better. The only thing that make it better than a pill is if it was a patch, like a nicotine patch. <laughs> or, or at the beginning, like Jesus comes back. And, <laughs> like all this time, you know, in the universe of superheroes, you know, we all are like, oh yeah, from different planets and other parts of the galaxy and you know there's this divine aspect to this and that and the other but no matter what like jesus is still a real thing and he comes into the dc universe and he's like my children i see that <laughs> superman has gone crazy and is ushering in the apocalypse it is written it is written for superman is truly the antichrist and then <laughs> and then he's like i bestow upon the immortality to fight you know and uh that would be a really cool uh, MacGuffin. maybe they need you for a ride tyler <laughs> i mean the ultimate superhero is our lord and savior jesus christ i don't see why they couldn't go for that oh my gosh <laughs> uh, it definitely would have been uh talked about a lot i imagine oh yeah yeah everybody would bit. know what, what it was uh well, that's cool. I actually saw it on sale on Vita the other day and almost bought it, but gosh, I'm trying to get through the Vita stuff right now. Um, yeah. You played anything else? 
Yeah, actually, a little combination of you talking about it last week and my <laughs> friends scolding me for not finishing yet. I've been playing Dark Souls again. Yeah. That game is brutal, but it is always there for you whenever you want to pick it back up because nothing changes in it. It's just, you know, you can pick it back up and keep going. And it's actually good to do that sometimes if you get a spot where you just keep dying. I'll just just get away from it for a few days and then come back. <laughs> Yeah, so my trials and tribulations in Dark Souls have netted me with a couple of kernels of wisdom here. And yes, one of them is, like you said, if you are in a position where you're just getting destroyed over and over, uh, it is best to take a step away. And I don't want to, like, read a a guide on it, because it's kind of the game. Like, it's it's not a game like Skyrim, where, like, if you don't use a guide at certain points, you just won't ever... You know, you you can't possibly do everything in Skyrim by yourself, uh, and like actually know where stuff is. But Dark Souls, like that, is the point of it. Is you, uh, it literally plays. I wish Jeb was here because I was gonna try to draw him in on some kind of retro conversation. It plays like an old school platformer almost. Like you chip away and you play a section, and you get a little further. And then you chip away, you play that same section after you've died, and you chip away and you get a little more, and you get a little further. You like learn the enemies, you learn the patterns, you learn what you can and can't do, and it's like very much that mentality, that trial yeah. and error, right? Yeah. Uh, so it's kind of cool, and because it, it, it does like bring back those memories of. You know, Super Mario 3 or, um, I don't know, Mega Man especially. Uh, You're trying to kind of balance that with not losing your mind, honestly. Because there are certain (laughs) points in Dark Souls where, you know, and just like the perfect storm happens sometimes. Where you'll be fighting like a guy you've beaten down every time. And then all of a sudden, like he just kind of catches you just the right way with a crit, like a stab. And stabs, like directed... (laughs) Attacks like that are way more damaging than a slash. And, like, if he crits you with a stab, like, immediately... You may just die. Like, you may just fall out. Like, just this is just a regular dude. Like, not even a, a boss or anything. You may just be dead. Like, it's, yep. that kind of shit will make you go... There's no room for error. <laughs> you know, and it's... The last night I was playing it, and I'm finally... Like this, this weekend was really the first time I've gotten to spend more than an hour or so on it at a time, and you just can't get anywhere like that with that game. Uh, and I, I finally got pretty much through Undeadburg. Uh, but man, last night I was just hitting the wall over and over. There's a fucking black knight there. Have you killed him? Uh, it took, yeah. I remember that bastard. <laughs> well, I fought him straight up and got beat like three times after that. I, and after having to kill everything, like Tyler, this game is so geared towards uh, like that hardcore mentality. Like if you go save or heal yourself, all the enemies respawn in the entire map. Mm-hmm. Like there's no, the only progression is like the progression of that one life essentially. So like if you get killed, you start back at a checkpoint. Which there's, from what I've seen, there's one checkpoint per world area. So like basically per level, you have a single. Like you basically have to just rerun the level. Like if you if you want to put it in those terms. Well, once once you get to more expensive levels, it's not quite that bad. Yeah. But I mean, you still like if you die at a certain point, you're still gonna have to do a good bit of backtracking, and it's especially worse around bosses. Because to get to a boss, you're going to have to plow through a bunch of enemies. Mm-hmm. 
And then so, like, if you're half dead by the time you get to the boss, you're just like, well, shit. <laughs> yeah, and that's kind of where I am right now. I'm, I'm in Undeadburg, and I'm, like, uh, you know, I can, like, just roll through that whole part of the level getting up to the Taurus Demon. Yeah. And I, I earlier today, I kicked myself. Like, I had him dead to rights. And uh, I killed that merchant dude and got his sword, the Uka Kaga, I think is what it's called. Yeah, yeah. It's like a badass uh, katana. But I, I don't know. I don't know if I've messed up by killing him or not, but whatever. I killed him. So <laughs> I uh, I decided to whatever, just do that to get that sword, maybe give me an edge. So using that sword in like fire bombs is what I've mostly been doing. To, <sighs> What the fuck, dude? <laughs> what is happening? I have no clue. Uh, but anyway, so using those firebombs, uh, just weaken him, like climb up that tower that you come into the area with or whatever, and yeah. toss those things on him until he got there, and then work him down. And I had him beat, I had full health, and I had him beat down. And then I was like, oh, I'm going to try, you know, as I read that, like pretty much every attack can be. Uh, like parried and you can counter it. So yeah. I was like, I was like, all right, well, I'm going to try to parry and counter the, the boss. And it didn't work out for me at all. <laughs> I see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A lot of the big, like heavy units, you're not going to be able to, especially on like heavy attacks, you're not be able to parry, but there, there are a lot or pretty much most you can. Yeah. If you get the timing right, man, you got to have that timing right though. And if you get too cocky, sometimes it's, you're just going to have a bad time. Yeah. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> Tyler experimenting with a soundboard again. Uh, and This is Snake. <laughs> Metal Gear Solid 5. Colonel. Uh, la le lo uh, Let me find that. Uh, let me see if that one's on here. <laughs> Kleptomania. Kleptomania. Uh, PTSD. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I don't know. So I screwed up and fucked around and got killed by him. And that, and that, and like the last two times, like the craziest, like I thought something would never ever like hit me, and then like bounced up in the air and flew off the map one time, like within ten seconds of starting the battle with him. And I was like, really, really, <laughs> you know. And then the next time, I can't remember what happened. Something else crazy fucked up. Like he hit me and knocked me into the wall, and I could never get up. It was just crazy, but I don't know. I do like that game. And after playing it for about four hours last night, I honestly, this morning was kind of like, well, I think I've maybe have gotten all I need to get out of dark souls. Maybe just let that one go. But, uh, <laughs> it eats at you, man. It eats at you. And by like 2 PM today, I was playing it again, play like two hours. And man, it, it's kind of, it's one of those games that kind of gets under your skin. You'll get to the point where you're like, man, fuck this game. And he was like, I'm never playing this shit again. Yeah. And then five minutes later, you're back right back into it. It's, and I, for me, it, beca- it gets to be sort of a pride thing for me. Yeah. I'm kind of on the same I, page with you there. I, I, I went to work the other day angry because I was trying to defeat uh, one of the bosses and I couldn't. I was just at work. I was like, damn it. <laughs> but uh, another thing, and I can't, I don't know. I've just, I heard a lot of people talk about Dark Souls and I've never heard anybody draw this comparison, but... Dude, Dark Souls and Monster Hunter are basically the same fucking game. Like, there might be some mechanical and system differences, but, uh, like, it's kind of the same deal. 
Like you hmm. go fight something that's super badass and way more and way stronger than you. And it's going to be like this long drawn out battle that you like barely win like the fifth time you fight something. Yeah. Uh, it's basically the same thing. Like, and I'm sure there are Monster Hunter fans and there are Dark Souls fans who will throw rocks at me if they ever see me in person because I said that. But, dude, I'm telling you, <laughs> it's like the same. Even, like, down to the menus being just god-awful. Like, they're the worst, most contrived and ridiculous Japanese menu structure ever. Just like um, Monster Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, like, I mean, that's a that's a... And there's no, you know, there's no uh, tutorials besides that asylum thing right and that's it they yeah. don't really teach you anything but like how to hit jump and like hit light a bonfire and then that's it yeah but yeah i do really i do really like dark souls and I, it's grow it's one of those things that's growing on me i really like the combat a lot it, it i'll tell you what it feels like uh is war of the roses honestly yeah uh maybe without that you know war of the roses is a little different because it has the wind up you have to do but uh like i like that that feeling of like any hit could be the one that either topples something or, uh, you know, I miss and whiff and that's the end of me. Like, I like that. Like I like, oh, yeah, I like, cause when, when you do like pull off some kind of crazy counter in the middle of something that you just never thought you would do and then manage to roll just the right way out of the way of something and come back and kill like the other two things you're fighting. Like it's, a, it's amazing. It's a, okay. Of super accomplished feeling, I guess. Yeah. Really? <laughs> really, Snake. Just as I expected. And I'm telling you, if if you're kind of the kind of guy that likes to like get into the lore stuff, um, it, it's kind of hard to go in at, at by yourself. But there's a, a really good um, there's a really good community that just kind of goes into and looks at everything. There's one in particular, uh, Epic Name Bro on YouTube. You can look him up, and he has like countless videos on demon souls dark souls and all other kinds of stuff but he does a bunch of lore stuff and like the dark souls world is is one of the most like i, I don't know it, it's interesting but it, it's it's one of the most like dreary and just like fucked up just i don't know it, there's a lot of just really sad stories in there but it's it's all very well like put in together and it's i don't know it, you have to dig super hard to get into the lore that's why that's why i said like it's better to just kind of like go and watch these videos because of all these guys have already put in the hard work and just kind of lay it out for you yeah i mean from what i could gather like everything everybody when you die you don't really die i guess yeah it, it seems like a setup almost like greece uh ancient or ancient greek greek mythology as far as an underworld and uh tartarus and all that kind of shit like because it seems like that's where we were when we started out in the asylum. That's Tartarus. And then where we've just gone now is the, or where you, like, what's it called? Lordran? Yeah. Uh, that Lordran is like the underworld. Uh, I mean, you see humans and shit, but most of the time it's dead. Everybody's dead. Yeah. There <laughs> are various states of dead. Yeah. So. And then and it's really interesting though, because like, because what I was saying, like, you have to dig in, like, all the lore is pretty much, like, held in the item descriptions of everything you find. Yeah, I've noticed and that. It's it's and it's really kind of mind-blowing, like, the, like I said, this epic name, bro, it's kind of mind-blowing how, like, he can just go through and, like, put everything together for you as a storyline just by getting all these different pieces. I mean, it takes a lot of work. Yeah. I mean, I've been digging deep, and 
looking into uh, kind of the wikis, but not really so much of the story or the bosses or the walkthroughs, but mostly just for items, honestly, because I, I don't yeah. know what the hell shit does, and the menus are so bad in Dark Souls <laughs> that, that, like... Ugh, it's horrible to get to navigate those things. So I just, I basically spent all this afternoon just reading all of the item wiki. So I know what every item does, but uh, that way at least I knew what I was getting and what it was used yeah. for, you know. Uh, yeah. But yeah, Dark Souls, man. It's a, it's a hell of a game. I'm kind of, yeah. I'm kind of in love with it, but like a love hate kind of thing. Yeah. I don't yeah, know. that's how it goes. <sighs> how it goes. Like think of Dark Souls as a maybe that girlfriend you had in high school that you really just could not stand to be around uh, when you were not making fuck. <laughs> 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 but that part of it was like the best ever, like the best you had ever had. <laughs> but being around her was miserable as fuck. And every and you know girls, boys, whatever. Everybody's had that relationship where they had just awesome physical connection, but nothing, nothing else. Uh, and that's kind of what I Dark no Souls. No idea what you're talking about. Oh, whatever, Tyler. <laughs> whatever. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, that's what Dark Souls is—the game form of of that. <clears throat> and it's, it's an interesting take on it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Uh, but anyway, I mean, we'll talk some more Dark Souls. I know, Tyler, have you played Dark Souls? No, I'm completely out of this conversation. Uh, I, I know. I figured you were when you started playing with the soundboard. Uh, but yeah, you, you should check it out. It's like I said, it, it's on that same line, like along the same lines as what I like about State of Decay. It's just like you're not anything special, and you'll never be like a. You'll never have the advantage over anything in this in the entire game. No one enemy you'll ever be able to beat. Like real, just like for sure. Like every enemy has a chance of, of taking you down like all the way. Gotcha. So uh, I, I definitely like that. But uh, man, Dark Souls is just a God, such a bitch sometimes. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Killzone Mercenary is the other thing I spent most of my time playing. Seth and I played some multiplayer. Yeah. Uh, over the course of the Spanking week. Spanking that ass. Oh whatever! I, I believe <laughs> I countered your knife and just destroyed you. But, uh, uh, yeah. yeah, the matchmaking in that game, it leaves a little bit to be desired, honestly. It's kind of hard to get on. The, you have to do a really kind of underhanded thing to get on the, each other's team from what we found. But yeah. uh, but once you do that, though, you kind of you're set. The teams are set, so you don't really ever have to change if you're going to play for any length of time. Yeah. So it's not that bad. It just takes you back to kind of maybe what multiplayer uh, lobbies were like maybe six years ago. So it's not really a great thing, but hey, I mean, it's better than, it's better than like, at least you know how to do it, you know? Yeah. It's not just like hoping. <laughs> uh, but man, the game is amazing. Uh, I'm almost finished with the single player or my, whatever, my initial playthrough, which I've, I've been playing on veteran. Did you, I mean, I played the first mission on E on normal and I thought I found it not challenging in the least. Yeah, I played through veteran too. Yeah. As well. So I, bu- I bumped it up to veteran and, and went back and beat that one. Uh, I actually beat like every one of the um, like optional objective missions or whatever on the first oh, mission. Nice. So yeah, I'm gonna go back and do all that stuff just because it's it's fun. It's totally fun. Uh, yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah, I really like the way the story has gone too. Like as much as it didn't matter in the beginning, 
it's kind of, I don't know. I don't want to say groundbreaking, but it's kind of like, uh, interesting at least how like the lack of story, like played into there being a story. Yeah. I, yeah. I can agree with you there. Yeah. I was surprised later on. Yeah. So like, it was very cool. Kind of a turnaround. Like it, it was one of those, I mean, to me, it seems very, uh, lucky, uh, and almost like in the you know the eleventh hour, they're like, oh man, we should just tie this all together uh, yeah. these last few missions <laughs> and like give it a coat. Have you done the mission where you have to go in and um, extract the ambassador and his family? Oh yeah, I mean I'm on the I'm I think I'm, I'm on mission seven, which is like going in going back to the embassy. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. So I've like seen that whole story thing come together out of nowhere, like cobbled together over missions that were seemingly unrelated, but yeah, yeah. Very cool. Uh, still like that game a lot. I'm definitely going to play some more multiplayer this week too. If you're down, Yeah. Holla, holla. but uh, anyway, well, that's what we've been playing everybody. Uh, tonight's topic of interest, Tyler, why don't you, this is, since this was your uh, idea, why don't you lead us in on this one? So, uh, yeah, the idea that I had was uh, to talk about some games that are not necessarily good games at all, but that we have, you know, some level of uh, endearment for. And the thing that kind of brought about this idea was um, I was drunk in a bathroom at 2 o'clock in the morning this weekend, (laughs) and uh, it just kind of came out of nowhere. It's like when uh, Doc came out with the, the flux capacitor idea moment of clarity yeah exactly exactly so uh <laughs> yeah and and the game particularly for me that this idea is derived from is mission impossible for the nintendo 64 did you guys play that uh not. yeah it was a rental and i don't think i liked it i think i liked uh win back better than it mm. yeah. i feel like those came out around the same time so yeah, Mission Impossible was this kind of, I wouldn't even call it a stealth game. It had tons of different uh, levels with different objectives. Uh, and it was somewhat based on the TV show, but the last level was also dropping in from the ceiling to get to the computer, like from the end of the first movie. So it was kind of all over the place, that game. Uh, and it was... The, like the gimmick of the game was the face maker. Do you guys remember that from Mission Impossible? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the, you know, they could make the mask to go undercover. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so in some ways it was sort of stealthy, and the the level that really sticks out to me the most is the party level. I think it's one of the first missions. So you're at this like really nice party, and you have to get information from Russians and yada yada yada. Um, and there, there are elements to that game that are really good that just kind of got passed over. Um, the music is really good. The voice acting is hilarious. Uh, <laughs> there's a like on the last level once you're dropping down from the ceiling, if you hit a laser. Um, what is the main character's name? Ethan Hunt. Uh-huh. He uh, he goes, "Ooh, I singed my hair." <laughs> <laughs> it's like really ridiculous. Uh, but yeah, the game was, uh, it's made by a company that has never really made great games, and that is Ocean. Um, uh, and also Infogrames was, is it Infogrames? Yeah, Infogrames. 
Infograms, uh-huh. who actually did make good games. Um, notably, I think they had their hand in the first driver game in some capacity. I believe you're right about that. Um, but I could be wrong. I think Reflections actually made that game. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I want to say that. Uh, I don't know. Kind of, uh, Infograms is kind of all over the place. They were like owned by a bunch of different people, and then, then they sort of got out of that, and then bought GT Interactive, which I think is what you're talking about. Being, I think that had some, GT Interactive may have had something to do. Mm. Then they became Infograms Inc. They have a, they have a crazy dude. Uh, yeah. And they got Hasbro Interactive too. Uh. So, I don't know. They have a bunch of crazy shit like that. Enter the Matrix. Yeah. Uh, wait, is that Infograms? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They they bought Eden Games and Shiny. Shiny, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah Shiny and Atari were the names behind the Matrix game. Yeah, yeah. And they had a, they, all... they took part of the Atari group as well. The Atari split, essentially. Like, some of it went to Midway and some of it... Some of it stayed with the Atari overhead, and then some of it went with Midway, and some of it went with Infograms. But uh, this is like their corporate history here is about the most fucking convoluted shit you've ever seen. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, like I don't think they had anything to do with producing Driver, but they own the Driver franchise, or no, they sold the Driver franchise when they acquired Reflections to Ubisoft. In gotcha. 2006. All right. But Ubisoft now owns Driver, to be sure. Yes. Yeah. According to this. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm looking at... Yeah, but I'm looking at Reflections. Dude. <laughs> and they are a subsidiary of Ubisoft now. But they've made some really great games, including Far Cry 3 and Watch Dogs. So yeah. Watch Dogs is being co-developed by Reflections, which is... That bodes really well. Yeah. Because... Far Cry 3 was amazing. Driver San Francisco, amazing, underrated. Not really related to this conversation because it's a great game <laughs> that people don't have enough love for. And this is the opposite. So, the ninth, so, yeah. Notable about Ocean. They were the first game company to secure movie licenses. Uh, or of the first, I guess. Rambo, yeah, Short could. Circuit, Cobra, and Miami Vice. I guess this is on Nintendo hardware. Yeah, because yeah, they're like Star Wars. They were Star the Wars games on the, yeah, and on Atari. Yeah, and ET. Yeah, and ET. Fucking a, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> and they uh, and Ocean made Batman the movie, the game. Yeah, Batman the Cape Which Crusader, was? Batman. Oh man. Yeah. Oh, and the and the game that I was gonna mention, aside from Mission Impossible, is also in Ocean's list of bullshit. Um, and that is the movie adaptation SNES version of Steven Spielberg's Hook. Yeah, I was going to say they got Hook and they did the Jurassic Park too. Oh, well. Which one did they do? The top down one? The good one? I'm assuming the one for the SNES. I don't know. Mm. They may have had just the license to do it on all the systems. They may have done all the different versions. I, I'm kind of interested in this Miami Vice game and what the hell was it about? Uh, for the Commodore 64, an open world game. Huh. I can't imagine an open world game on a Commodore 64. Huh. 
It sounds a lot like old GTA. Top down. Huh, it was released on cassette. <laughs> oh, the box the box art looks crazy awesome. It does. It's got like instead of just like gunshots, it's got explosions <laughs> coming out of guns. Yeah, dude. Oh man, there's gotta be a poster of that somewhere. Modern third person shooter. I I, I am I kinda wanna get a Commodore emulator and play this. Hmm. Uh, oh, they also made the Waterworld game. That's, that's good. Ocean. Uh the yeah, the proto Assassin's Creed 4. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> man so yeah I, I would imagine ocean probably comes up a couple of times in this conversation in fact maybe we should just steer this to away from the, the ocean podcast <laughs> but uh well i mean i've said everything i really need to say about mission impossible if, if you want to find it for five bucks and plug it in you should try it uh totally do that but yeah hook for the SNES, I rented that game from Blockbuster no fewer than five times when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I, I might as well have just bought it. Um, oh, yeah. I love that movie, too. It's still such a good movie. Yeah. I was totally in love with it. I still am. Nostalgia only, but uh, my daughter yeah. loves uh, all things pirates. So we have watched like every pirate movie that's not just horribly violent. Sure. But, nice. Uh, have, you, uh, have you watched... Uh, <gasps> Pirates 2. Pirates of the Caribbean? No, Pirates. The, uh... Let's see, what is it? Yeah, here it is. Pirates 2, Stagnati's Revenge. No, what the fuck is that? Is that one of the <laughs> asylum, like, try to trick your grandmother into buying you this? Like, like Transmorphers? No, it's the Pirates of the Caribbean porno. Oh. oh, okay. <laughs> but then again, it's probably not a really appropriate joke to talk about watching porno with your toddler. <laughs> I, uh, I miss, that one went right over my head. Yeah, well, it was a pop cultural thing. I don't know. It was on, I've, it's been a few years, but it was a thing on Reddit for a while. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah, that one failed. It's okay. It happens. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but yeah. I like that game Hook, though. That one and uh, what the hell was the other pirate game? Uh, oh, and this movie was god-awful. Um, Cutthroat Island. I rented that a lot, too. I was a stupid yeah. kid. <laughs> <laughs> the, the thing I liked about the Hook game was not just like the visuals, which are pretty neat, considering that they were, you know, it was a 1992 game, so the SNES hadn't been out that long. Uh but like the music, the MIDI files of Danny Elfman songs, mm-hmm. I'm all about that. Oh yeah, I'm gonna see if I can actually find a clip of one of those songs. It's uh, like, ah, oh, here we go. SNES hook music. <laughs> And that shit is from the movie. So it's like really cool MIDI layered music. And oh man, the box art just came up too. And it looks like total shit. (laughs) (laughs) Much like many box arts of that time. Well, I mean, in and of itself, it's not that bad. Uh, But like Peter Pan does not look like Robin Williams. Like clearly they did not have the rights to reproduce the likeness of Robin Williams. Oh yeah. 
because okay. like the Peter Pan, he looks like he's like 25 years old and he's got super like Chris Claremont legs <laughs> uh, or no Rob Leefield legs. I don't know. It's weird. It's weird looking. The composition of it looks pretty cool, though. Anyway. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, it, it was much like many of the film license games. It was just basically a 2D side scroller. Sword fighter in this case. I think you may, didn't you have a ranged attack, too? Am I wrong? I think he did. Uh, like magical sparkles came out of his dagger or something like that. Yep. Yep. Um, you know, a lot, I mean, almost every movie got that treatment. I feel like from '89 to '95, mm-hmm. go back and play it like Judge Dredd and uh, fucking Demolition Man, the game. Ooh. Yeah, dude. Um, ima- uh, did you do? You, do you remember playing those Home Alone games? Oh yeah, the first Home Alone was pro- was uh, pretty all right. I liked it. It had some personality. I wouldn't call it a good game. Mm. I remember pl- spending some time on it, uh, but yeah, I don't, I, I couldn't tell you anything about it. I know that it was like, you could set traps, but you also could like fall into your own traps. Like, uh, uh, I do remember playing it though. Yeah. Cause I remember the, like the game cover on the SNES car was just the movie poster essentially. Hmm. Yeah. And there's a, oh, the Dennis, the menace game that ocean made. Did you guys ever play that one? <laughs> no. Uh, uh-uh. <laughs> Oh man, total piece of shit based on the movie, which was also a total piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, the only thing I remember from that movie is uh, Walter Matthau as Mr. Wilson, and the bad guy was Christopher Lloyd as a hobo, and he <laughs> farted a lot. <laughs> Christopher well, Lloyd, yeah, I do remember that. It's terrible. He lives under a bridge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that movie is bad. Uh,. Yeah, but bad games that we liked. Uh, let me throw one out there. And of course, I feel like this is going to be this. This might have well been licensed games that we liked that were bad, but because that's like all we've talked about. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, you got to have some like love for something to like something that's not one hundred percent a good product. Yeah. Um, for me, for sure. Uh, one of those games is easily, and this is more recent, so I'm trying to get a little more updated here for you kids out there. As Tron, uh, is it Evolution Tron. or that's the yeah. cartoon? Am I wrong? Tron Evolution. Uh, that's, Evolution. that's what it was. Evo- Tron Evolution. Yeah, Tron Evolution. The the cartoon's Uprising. I knew it was some either yeah. one of the subtitle. Uh, yeah, Tron Evolution. Uh, that game, I really liked it. Of course, I really like the visual redo of Tron, like in the new in the newest film. Um, I, I think it's really a great use of, uh, I guess, blacks uh, contrast, and of course light colors. But uh, I don't know. I really like that movie. I know a lot of people did not really like that movie. It's not a great movie by any means. Like the story kind of falls apart at the end, for, and. But uh, I do like it, and I have watched it multiple times. I actually own it on Blu-ray. <laughs> <laughs> but, I'm uh, gonna buy it, but it's on Netflix, so I'm good. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that 
So that game, uh, I kind of got into that movie. I went and saw it in the theaters, I think twice. And then, because I mean, you know, that, that like is the definition of what that movie is. Like it is a, like you go see that in the theater or you watch that on a big screen in Blu-ray, like in, or in 3d or whatever. Like, in 3d. Yeah. That is like, there, there the are point. very few movies. Yeah. yeah. There are very few movies that weren't being seen in 3d, but Tron, uh, legacy is one of them. Even though I I didn't really like it from a narrative standpoint, I, I think everybody here knows that that's a visual movie more than anything else. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like I said, the, the the story falls apart pretty badly by the end, but it's still cool, and I still love that universe, and I love kind of all things around it. Because man, I remember watching Tron when I was a kid, and just be like, this is the coolest thing. <laughs> I can't believe how good these special effects are. <laughs> you know. especially the spinning dreidel at the yeah, end yeah, like, this is what inside of a computer looks like you know like just total, you know your mind as this five or six year old can go to so many cool places without reservation you know that's the kind of the, the wonderment of being a child and i don't know that game held some of that for me or that movie held some of that for me so i you know i went and checked out the game and i just went ahead and bought it on amazon i think it was it was actually pretty uh still pretty expensive um at the time so that was a good sign and i i noticed it was one of those like para uh well uh, there was a lot of parallels in the uh i don't know parallels but not the right word but polarizing reviews in the amazon review for it you know like there were some really good some really bad there really wasn't a whole lot of in the middle so, uh, you know, it's pretty obvious to draw from that that if you like Tron, you will probably like this game. Uh, so, you know, I picked up a copy of it. Man, I played the shit out of that game. I beat the storyline twice uh, on the the normal difficulty and the hard one. And it was one, it's one of those games that I can understand why easily people who are not a fan of Tron would not like the game because it's kind of all about how good you get at it. And... Because otherwise the game kind of looks pretty shitty if you're not good. Yeah, and it's me- it's mechanically pretty sloppy too. I own that game. Uh, actually, I bought it on your recommendation. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I enjoyed the multiplayer aspect of that though. It was fun kind of getting in the, in the light bikes and you know, trying to cut people off and all that shit. Oh yeah, I play, and I played the multiplayer a fair amount of hours. I want to say 30 or 40 probably over the course of the game, but or, or the course of the time I was into it, but um, like the again the game, like you said, it it has sloppy controls, but they're not intuitive. Uh, but once you figure it out, you can do some cool shit, and you can make it look good like the whole time. It's not. It doesn't. It reminds me sort of of kind of the Prince of Persia games of of kind of the PS2 era. Um, those games, like if you saw somebody playing them that had never played them before, they just looked like a bad game. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I guess for lack of a better word, it looked, it looked like shit and kind of Tron follows that same, uh, that same path, I guess. But I don't know. It's cool. I almost bought the PC version the other day, but uh, they don't have a digital one. So, oh. but I mean, of course it's a PC game and it's, I don't even think it's like locked behind any kind of, uh. I think you just load it on your computer and you're done. You have it forever. So, but still, I have played it. And when you know, when will I get back to it with my ridiculous Steam backlog that I have right now? Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so that was my one shot there. What, what about you, Seth? What's a game you love that maybe not everybody else loved? 
I want to start off with Batman Forever on the Sega Genesis. Ooh, and I, <laughs> yeah, I did not love that game. <laughs> I, I played it. I played it, and it, I like the sprites. But go on, Seth. Yeah, I mean, and to this day, it's strictly nostalgia because back when I was a kid, when I first played it, it was just I didn't give a shit. I was Batman, and that was that was the gist of it. And it, it was a it was a time where um, all we had was a Super Nintendo. And we would go to the game store and rent the Sega Genesis. And my brother would always get, you know, a different game. And every time, I was like, man, skip Batman forever. So I'd get that game. It's probably one of the hardest games just because of, like, how, how crappily designed and, like, the overcomplicated control schemes was. But it's just, I don't know, it's just one of those games. That, like I said, it's just pure nostalgia whenever I go back and play it today even. It's just, you know, it just brings back good memories. Yeah. yeah, oh man, those those Riddler sprites, like oh, the, man. the henchmen. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, I remember playing Batman Forever on the Genesis. I just, I got it was one of those I just did not, you know. I, I feel like I almost played like every game back then. You know what I mean? I mean, of course, you're a kid; you have all the time in the world. But yeah, uh, there are very few games I actually owned for my uh, Super Nintendo and Genesis era, especially because I just feel like that was like kind of when renting video games kind of blew up Yeah. and like they kind of always had them at the video store. And in a small town, like where I grew up, uh, it kind of just, you, you kind of always had your pick of, especially Genesis games. Yeah. Uh, so I feel like I played so many things like one or two times, you know, but I don't have any recollection of, of uh, Batman Forever. I know I played it, but I can't tell you a thing about it. The <laughs> <laughs> Riddler sprites. Was, is it a pretty good uh, Jim Carrey Riddler? No, it's totally not him at all. <laughs> uh, it's like, uh, you remember that Street Fighter arcade game they came out with? It's based on the movie. But they're really terrible mocap. Uh, or yeah. not mocap, but the whatever that uh, style F- is. FMV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like that. Like Mortal Kombat One. Yeah. Yeah. You should you should look at a YouTube video of those sprites, man. Especially like, so Riddler's henchman, and then Two Face himself looks nothing like Two Face from the <laughs> from the movie at all. <laughs> I mean, you know, a lot it's... of times back in these days, the games were made to release the same time the movie did, and a lot of times they they never even saw any of the concept art, like any of them. The stuff, the only thing they had to go on was like what they saw in trailers, right? You know, uh, which man, what a horrible way to make a, a coexisting product. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at some images right now. Oh my god, yeah, it's straight up Mortal Kombat style. Uh, all FMV capture. Jesus, dude. Yeah. It, it but looks like, like not, not the movie FMV, just... I don't know, Robin looks pretty fabulous. He look and fabulous is a great word. For that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it looks pretty bad. And if you look at the credits, um, <laughs> like... The same guy who plays Two Face plays like three other characters. I mean, it, <laughs> it is so low rent, man. Oh man, is this the Riddler, the guy in the yellow here? No, no, that's just a henchman. Yeah. God. 
Oh my god, this looks. <laughs> oh, this looks horrible. <laughs> good times, good, good times. Good times, good times. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, yeah, this does not look as fun as uh, Batman Returns on the SNES. Did that game have any kind of like that game was so fun fmv adapt adapted sprites no, no no that was all like animation or whatever yeah yeah like actual this rendering this fucking thing dude it is cool it is something it's pretty rough yeah <laughs> it looks like you remember that game pit fighter mm -hmm. uh, it looks a lot like pit fighter <laughs> Oh my yeah, god. Yeah, that, that's a good choice, Batman Forever. It's it's a rough ass game. Also, I had that game on Game Boy. Yeah. Batman Batman oh, Forever. Yeah. Okay. Oof. What's that? Even worse. I was gonna say, just for the record, uh, Mission Impossible holds a sixty one on Metacritic on Nintendo sixty four. Wow. And Tron Evolution holds a fifty eight Metascore. Right. 39 middling re reviews, 8 negative and 4 positive. Hmm. So, yeah, that's about right. I was yeah. looking earlier, Batman Forever holds like a 52 or 54 or something like that. No way. <laughs> that's insane. What does Hook have for SNES? Is that information available? I don't think so. I can't even find Batman Forever on... I can find a PC game here. And Batman Forever, the arcade game. Wonder what that was but like. They they have no scores though. I don't know that they do classic legacy. I don't, I don't know if they do classic stuff. Oh yeah, this is like back to GameCube. Uh, Ocarina of Time, the best N sixty four game of all time. Yeah. Best video game of all time, oh, or like uh, it. I got the fuck off of Zelda's dick. That is terrible. <laughs> this is not the best 64 game. Oh, is I mean, you know, I, I'm pretty sure it is. I don't know. It's all right. <laughs> it's not one of my favorite Zelda games. Oh, so maybe, oh man, this is like a direct quote. It's all right. It's all uh, right. Dalton Miller, comma regarding. The Legend of Zelda, The Ocarina of Time. Slap it on the box. It's all right. <laughs> it's all right. Yeah. My it's, God. It's just not... I like Majora's Mask a lot better. And, lo and that's the number four game. You could, pro so, you could probably... Huh? I said you're such a hipster. Uh, why, why am I a hipster? I li I've <laughs> always liked Majora's Mask better than Ocarina. Uh, yeah, that's, like, that's something a hipster would say. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe Conker's Bad Fur Day is like the the tenth best N sixty four game of all time according to Metacritic. <laughs> really? Yes. <laughs> that sounds about right. Mm. Oh man, Mario Golf just missed it. Just missed the top ten. Was uh, Donkey Kong sixty four in the list? Shh. Nope, not in the top 10. It's in the top 15, though. Okay. Uh, eh, kind of not a lot surprising in here. <laughs> I can't believe Madden NFL 2001 is on here. In the top 20. Is, uh, is NHL 
1999 on this list. Blitz 2000 is way too low. It should be higher up. Rogue Squadron is way too low on here. And so is Turok. I actually mm. really like that. Even though it was just like the battle for the fog. So well, at least WWF No Mercy shows up pretty high on the list. That is an amazing game. And F-Zero X is not higher. It's not even in the top 20. It's crazy. Actually, it may be. I thought F-Zero X was on the... That's F-Zero GX. GX, okay. GX is better than F-Zero X, though, for sure. I mean... God, just the, the way... The way they make speed work in that game, like, or the way they make you feel it, is amazing. Yeah. Rush 2049, that was a great game. Goldeneye. Goldeneye. <sighs> I can't believe Super Mario 64 ranks number well, five. Yeah. It should be number two. That's what I was thinking that over Ocarina also. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hey man, I'll give some. I'll give Mario credit where he deserves it for sure. Blast Core did pretty well as it should be. Beetle Adventure Racing did better than Resident Evil Two. That's amazing. I, I've always loved Beetle Adventure Racing. <laughs> Not a lot of people have played it. Yeah, I, I love that it's huh. up there though. Yeah, I haven't played it either. That's great. Rose yeah. Squadron. I need to get Rogue Squadron Two. I thought I had a copy of that laying around. Did you not give me that game, or give me a copy, or you gave me a copy of Metroid? Two for for your GameCube, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I think I, I think I picked up Rogue Squadron Two at like GameStop, but I only had it. It didn't have a case, so now I have no clue where it is. Oh man, yeah. I was playing Rogue Squadron Three yesterday, actually. Because I totally would just straight up import that onto the PC, give it the old upgrade. But you would. Put your penis in it? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I mean, after I copied it, so I'm sure I would not ever need the disc again because I would ruin it, you know. Yeah. You know, Seth, uh, I really did enjoy Rogue Squadron 3 uh, oh, in man. spite of the weird uh, on foot yeah. thing yeah. going on there. It was weird, but I, don't, I, I still kind of liked that, though. Their legs are too short, or so, something's really weird about that. They, they look. There's a chromosome missing. In there. <laughs> I, I agree. Something's weird about it. Something's really weird about yeah. it. Yeah. Man, Mario Kart 64 ranks really low on this list. Oh, shit. They have Lord of the Rings, the Two Tower. That's how I'm going to get it on PC. Holy shit. I don't even know that game came out for game uh, for uh, bleh, GameCube. Oh, really? I love that game. Yeah, me too. Uh, it's like actually in, one, it's in the top... 40 GameCube games. Wow. Oh, and look what number two is. What, GameCube? Yeah. Oh, yeah, Resident Evil 4. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Aww. not surprised by that. <laughs> again, I have not, like I said, I, I need to play that game again. I'd really do, because I feel like I, I wrote that in that write-up about it being released on Steam. I feel like I missed something. Oh, like, totally, man. I mean, yeah, if you didn't beat it, if you didn't run through the entire game, oh. you missed out on a lot because the the setting changes, and once you get used to the controls, like you really get into it. Yeah, you, yeah. Like well, it's impossible. I mean, like once you get past the village, it's impossible not to be hooked by that game. Yeah, I got past the village. Uh, I want to say I got maybe ten or fifteen hours deep. Wait, 
so how far did you get? It wasn't much, much past the village. Like I can't, I mean, it's been, I played that game one time and over a weekend. So you never like made it years ago. So you never made it into the castle. No, I don't think I'm oh. in the castle. That's, so that's where I, oh. that's what I have to do then is get to the castle part. And then it all turns around. It all turns into this thing that everybody appreciates, but me, right? Yes. Okay. Like resident evil becomes an entirely different game. I mean, the village is cool and everything, mm-hmm. but it's really just a tutorial mission. That that yeah. entire part. I and really didn't like the enemies, like the not not like the bosses were cool that I saw, but not the yeah. the like kind of like half zombie crazed villagers. Like I don't know. The the enemies change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, dude, that they should make Resident Evil Four into a movie. Uh, I feel like you know you have these really over the top Resident Evil games mm-hmm. and movies. Um. Like those, what's her face? Amelia Jovovich. Yeah, yeah. That, like those <laughs> movies are over the top and ridiculous. Uh, yeah. Like God, I hate the that, movies. That anyway. could be its own line of fiction. What? That could be its own line of fiction. But do do like a Leon Kennedy uh, line of Resident Evil game, uh, movies. I watched. Like, have you watched the animated ones? One of them I watched. Oh, the pretty animated good. ones are awesome. Yeah, one of them I watched was pretty good. Uh, it was the one Seth where it like starts out in the airport. Yeah, with him and Claire in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's the first one. That's um, Degeneration. Degeneration. Oh, that yeah. was pretty fucking cool. Like, the whole, like, bo- I guess, boss battle of the movie or whatever in the underground laboratory or whatever, that was pretty badass. Yeah. yeah. And see, it's weird because, like, the, the Leon in that movie is more mm-hmm. along the lines of the Leon that's in Resident Evil 6. He's just kind of soft-spoken and just kind of a badass. Yeah. But the second animated movie, Damnation, is more along the lines of the Resident Evil 4 Leon, where you know he's got these quirky comebacks, and you know it, it was good too, though it was more actiony than Damnation was. Cool. So. I, I need to watch that one. I, I think it's on Crackle. On, yeah. On your local Crackle player. I mean, I have it on Blu-ray if you want to <laughs> borrow it. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm it's sure. interesting because I've been I've been watching Crackle lately to watch comedians in cars getting coffee. I don't know if you guys watched that show, but uh-uh. it's amazing. I've been seeing shit pop up about it, though. Uh, <sighs> I'll definitely check that out, though. Uh, but yeah, I think, man, Resident Evil 4, the movie, would be so sweet. Yeah. If it was done right. Yeah, I agree. Hey, what about, oh, I know what that is. Okay, Resident Evil Zero, that's the remake of the first one on GameCube. No, 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 Zero no, is, that's a, a prequel. Zero's a prequel, yeah. Okay, I didn't play it, that. It either. takes... It takes place as the original uh, Raccoon City outbreak is happening. So it's just happening elsewhere within, like, so while everybody's at the mansion in Resident Evil One. Okay. This one, this one takes place like actually not far from that location at all. Okay. And there's like a little, there's crossover. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I loved Resident Evil One. I mean, goddamn, that game was so yeah. good. Uh, I mean, and going Have back you now. Have played the remake on GameCube? No, I haven't, and I want. Oh to. my god, dude. Oh, it's so good. You, I have you, this. Uh, I will let you borrow my copy. You need to play it. <laughs> yeah. Let me borrow your copy, and I'll give it right back to you in like maybe ten minutes. Eight years. All right. Sounds good. I, I just need to burn it. <laughs> I have zero as well. Yes. Yeah. You know. Zero. Did, you, did uh, you know they they released for GameCube very very briefly, and I have it. It's called the Pure Evil Two Pack, and it has Resident Evil Zero and Resident Evil Remake, and. Uh, it came out for like 20 bucks. So back then, during the time, that was like a real bargain for those oh, yeah. two games. Yeah, that's badass. I, I, 
Yeah, looking back on GameCube, man, there's a lot of third-party support. Like, a lot more than you I remember. Uh, I mean, it, I guess it's just so so much so that every one of the games that they had third-party-wise was either on Xbox also or on PS2, you know? Yeah. Holy GameCube. shit. GameCube Pure Evil 2-Pack now runs for $200. Oh, wow. Oh, my God, really? Man, I'm is glad that, I kept the original box. Is that wow. is that new or used? Mm, doesn't say. I'm imagining new. Dude, some Game Boy Advance games are fucking ridiculous if you have a new copy of them. I want to say, what is it? The second Advance Wars game is, uh, is a ridiculous amount of money. Uh, wow, Pure Evil 2-Pack used. And in very good condition, one hundred and forty-nine dollars. Wow, that's insane. You got it for twenty bucks. Yep. Nice. I also got the Zelda collection when I first got my GameCube. Like I got the GameCube when it came out for ninety-nine dollars, yep. and they had this um, this deal where if you bought. I think a new GameCube plus two eligible games. You sent in this voucher and you got the Zelda collection for free in the mail. Oh, wow. That's cool. And that's what it, I got that. Awesome. The, the Zelda collector's edition. So it came with like GameCube versions of Ocarina, Majora, original Zelda, and Zelda 2. And I think a demo of Wind Waker. It's so crazy to me to think about mail as an input device other than just being like literally mail to me now is just like the final, like. The final stage of an online order. Like, yeah. I, 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 thinking about it like that, like you just said, like sending in a voucher. Yeah. Like sending off. Like I'm looking right now at us, and I've got the Scrooge McDuck I got from a box of some fucking Kellogg cereal because it has Kellogg's on it. <laughs> uh, you know, like sending in box tops to get things. Like it just seems so crazy to me now. Oh man, the old days. Yeah, there is a lot of cool shit on GameCube I'd need to pick up and rip it to my PC and play it again in better graphics. Incredible Hulk Ultimate Destruction. That game's yes. awesome. Oh, yes. yes. Yeah, I remember Super that. Super badass. That's, uh, I, bought, I bought that game, uh, I think, in Seattle. There's this like there's this place called Pink Gorilla, and they sell it. Like, I also got, I got that game, and I got um, Jedi Knight 2 Jedi Outcast on yeah. Xbox. I got those games queued up to play again on PC. I just haven't, I don't know. I've played through both of them at least three times, but they're so mm. fucking awesome. Where can we have another Jedi Knight now, please? I think it's time. That would be awesome. Uh, yeah. Uh, I think it's time. And let's not like just completely copy Assassin's Creed and Batman combat either. Let's like, let's try to figure out that whole free flowing connected to the right stick combat that made that game so cool. Cause that's one thing I like about those games is, and, and this is a weird parallel, of course, but I'm drawing it from dark souls. Like I liked when you're in the latter parts of those games and you're fighting other force wielders who also have lightsabers. It's the same kind of thing. Like, right. That like, you know, one wrong swing and that could like get your hand cut off and this, and you die, mm-hmm. you know, and the same goes for them. Like, you know, get lucky, jump over them and actually spin around and, move your saber in just the right upward angle and then like, you know, right across their face and they, they're dead. Yeah. Right stick lightsaber control. Yep. I want that back. Yep. I mean, 
dude, it's been so long since we have had a, we've had a Star Wars game in general. Yeah. It's really insane. They could be making so much money right now. I think if you did a Jedi Knight game and you brought in the combat from War of the Roses, what do you think about that, Seth? But made it faster. That would, yeah, I could get behind that because yeah, it's definitely. exactly what we're talking about, but like a little a step more advanced, like with where you have to wind up to a certain side. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. you have to pull the sword back to your left and then, and then uh, swipe across. Yeah, and you swipe across with the right stick to show like where exactly the sword goes at that angle. I think that would so be cool. I think that would be pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, and people people would hell it as revolutionary controls, even though it's been done <laughs> it's already. It's been done in a PC <laughs> game that hardly anyone knows about. But yeah, and it, also to a degree, uh, that's what uh, Dead Island was doing with their weapons. Yeah, exactly. Dead Island very very much same thing. That like whole wind up and release thing. And yeah. I, I cannot believe that like part of the patch for that game was to patch out those controls as default because that's like the whole game, man. Are you kidding me? Otherwise, what are you doing in that game? You're just hitting right trigger over and over with no control. Yeah. <sighs> but yeah, man, we totally lost that whole topic of games we loved that no one else did. <laughs> That's all right. Well, I mean, Seth but got man, through ours. Yeah, yeah, we did. Well, well, Seth, did you have one or two? Well, I had another one. Um, I don't. I'm not gonna talk too much about it, but it was actually um, Resident Evil Operation Raccoon City. Which uh, that's the uh, it's on the 3DS also, right? Or am I wrong? It's on 360. Um, it, the one on 3DS maybe. is uh, no, the one on 3DS is Mercenaries, Revelations. yeah, Revelations. Mercenaries 3D, the Mercenaries 3D, okay, yeah, well, no, well, no, Revelations, yeah, Revelations is well recepted though, yeah, Operation. it's more kind of it's Revelations is kind of a hybrid of like the classic style and like Resident Evil 5 or 6 style, yeah, gameplay. Yeah. But no, Resident Evil Operation Raccoon City was just like a third-person shooter where in the campaign you, um, it's a, it's a squad-based third-person shooter. So there's four, um, uh, Umbrella Secret Service agents that are going through to try to kind of silence, um, Umbrella's involvement in the outbreak in Raccoon City. And, uh, it has, it had a multiplayer component as well where it's just two teams against each other but there's also zombies and then all kinds of monsters and stuff running around everywhere and it's really chaotic and like the the game the controls the gameplay mechanics were pretty sloppy to be honest but for just like a complete resident evil nut like me i, just, I really liked that take on you know the universe it was I, I had a lot of fun with it so what resident evil operation raccoon city yes it can It only came out like a year and a half ago. Yeah, I, rem- yeah. I remember it because like they got they were their assets on the disc for the one of the canceled Battlefront three projects, and apparently these guys were working on it. Yeah, it's not very well received. Like fifty. Yeah, slant six. Yeah, slant six. They were working yep. on with Rare, working on the Battlefront three game mm-hmm. that never came out. The one like some of the concept the, art, like if you look around the space. Yep. Yep. Transition stuff. Yeah, yeah. They, they also did the launch uh, SOCOM confrontation for PS3 launch game, mm-hmm. which I don't think I don't know if it was accepted or not, but it was only online, and I, I I enjoyed it. It was really, it was really not like there was no um, tutorial whatsoever, so you just pretty much had to just figure out how to do everything by yourself. Yeah, which was, it was frustrating. Uh, it was not well received. It's 63. But I remember yeah. that game because that game was time. I worked at GameStop at the time of the PS3 launch, and that game 
uh, came with the headset. And yeah. for like eight months, that was the only way to get a, a headset for the PS3 or like a brand. You know, you could use any Bluetooth headset. But people didn't know that at yeah. the time. So they, like the only way to get the branded PlayStation headset was to get buy SOCOM a confrontation with it. And it was like $85. Yep, people, that's how they got me to buy that. People were not happy about that. Uh, I I bought mine a, a, a long time after launch though, so I didn't pay near that much. I probably paid like I don't know, probably like forty bucks for it, but still. Yeah. It kind of pitched it to pitched it to me with the with the uh, headset. Mm-hmm. Yeah, SOCOM Confrontation. Never played it. Played a lot of Warhawk though. Okay. Uh, never never played that one actually. You never played Warhawk? That was like my. That was like the multiplayer game I kind of fell in love with. On uh, it was pretty well received. It was '84. Okay. Uh, but you know it's, what I never. It's you know what I never. Only. Know what I never played that I really need to still, and I'm looking at it right now on Steam for 9.99. Star Wars Republic Commando. Holy shit! Oh, you never man. played that? Nope. Holy fuck, dude! You have got to play that game. It's basically Star Wars Halo, dude. Dude, it's it's awesome. Yeah, it's um, it, it is fantastic. It's short, but. Uh, I mean, it's like a game. You hit it up early in the nighttime, like maybe seven. Like you probably finish it by two, if if not, oh, wow. if not a little earlier than that. I so think it is, it's a really short game. Yeah, that was kind of the only complaint about that game. Uh, I really liked the uh, squad um, mechanics in there too, though. Yeah, is it, sing- of- is it single player? Or can multiple people play it? No, it's single player. Uh, there is a multiplayer mode, but it's bullshit. But yeah, it's got a seventy-eight mm-hmm. on Metacritic. But yeah, the, what Seth's talking about the squad stuff. Like you mean you you have squad commands that are linked to, like holding down the left trigger and hitting the corresponding D pad. Like you can tell guys to take cover in certain locations, but it's not completely like open. But uh, but I kind of like the way it is because actually I think they're mapped to the face buttons. Am I wrong about that? I think they are. Yeah. Yeah. Like the different commands and or the different characters, right? And uh, you basically can, like, send them into certain areas. Like, if you see, like, a holographic projection of a guy, you can... There's usually multiple things you can do. Like, you can send your grenadier or your sniper or your, like, heavy weapons dude to, like, lay down fire. You know, you can, like, kind of pick and choose the battlefield like that, which is very cool, honestly. Yeah. Uh, it, goes, it reminded me kind of of uh, Freedom Fighters, honestly. I, I, that is 100% what I was about to say. Damn it. <laughs> I mean, I was literally about to say that, but yeah, it's it's very much that same kind of squad command to feel of freedom fighters like, and it goes even more so because like, man, I remember Breach, like you have a choice of the way you want to enter doors. Like you can have your hacker guy go in and splice it and everybody can post up stealth like on either side of the door and you can always open it up like that. And the guys will come through and you can ambush them from behind or you can have your, you know, you can set your sniper up back in the back behind the door. If you do a breach, you know, like a, a forcible breach, like with it, where your guy will put a charge on the door, your sniper will go back in the back, and as soon as the door opens, it explodes, and there's smoke, and then the sniper guy's just rattling dudes' heads off. Uh, it's very cool, though, kind of how it gives you those choices. But, yeah, you need to play that. You need to play that, dude. The PC version is not anything different than the, the Xbox version. Uh but there are some mods that you can use to upgrade it to 1080p, and it looks really good if you do that. Oh, really? Yeah, they can. You I'm can, need to get that then. Yeah, the the graphics mod, like basically, you don't even have to really mod it. You can just you just need to go in and uh, soft mod, I guess. You need to go in and uh, 
fuck with the INI file and you can change the internal resolution uh, in the initialization file to like output whatever you want. But the trick is to go in and set up all your game settings and then close the game and then go set that. Cause if you go into the game settings again, at any point, it'll reset your resolution. Okay. Uh, and it's not 100% perfect because it was not meant to be a widescreen game. Uh, so the only, the, the overlay, like your tactical overlay, your HUD, it does not scale to widescreen. Everything else does, which is weird, because usually, huh. usually games that were not meant to be widescreen do not scale to widescreen. But this game does everything except the HUD. Huh. Uh, anyway, man, down that road, nobody cared about. Uh, <laughs> what else, Tyler? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, have you talked about all your games? Uh, well, really, the only other one I have is a Star Wars game, so. Um, yeah, and this game, man, I, I don't believe it's very good. I, I haven't looked at the meta score. I'm going to check it out real quick, but it, it's Star Wars Jedi Power Battles for the oh, PlayStation man. 1. God, I love that game. <laughs> uh, yeah, I actually still have a copy of it. It's the only oh, PS1 really? game that I kept when I sold all my PS1 stuff off because like, and it's co-op. Yeah, one of my best friends from high school, Chris, I won't say his last name for whatever reason, but uh, we played the shit out of that game. Like, we beat it with every character, uh, you know, at least like 10 times. And, like, the scale of difficulty ramp up and it, it towards, like, in certain levels is just, uh, it's just poor design, but... Yeah. Uh, Dude, we should get together and play that sometime. <laughs> For real. I love it. I actually have the Game Boy Advance version of it too, and it is oh. real bad. It's the same. It's if you believe it or not, it is the same game. It's 3D and, and everything, but done with sprites. <laughs> yeah, it's just and it just it's like it's so hard to see. Like, you can barely see the droids. Like they're rendered in such small sprites. That reminds me of the uh, GBA Lord of the Rings Two Towers game. That was like it was like a top-down sprite RPG that was... I, I loved it. I don't know what kind of reception it had, but it, I don't know. That just reminded me of that. Wow, this game... What? It's got a, this game has a 76 on the Dreamcast, really? but I don't see a PS1 version of it. Huh. I wonder what the Dreamcast one looks like. Huh. Might be worth getting a... a uh, emulator and uh, buying that game. Huh. I did not know it was it was it had favorable reviews. I remember it not getting good reviews in EGM because that yeah. was like the only game magazine I really cared about reviews in. Yeah, I remember that. You know, the only positive thing to come out of the new trilogy is the video games that came along with it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, there there are a lot of good, especially episode one based games, and it looks like Jedi Power Battles is based on yeah. episode one. I fucking love that Star Wars racer game on N sixty four. Oh yeah, yes. dude, that was awesome. Uh, yeah, me and my buddies I, played that constantly. Yeah, I've still got that, and it's even hooked up like in the living room right now. Um, <laughs> and it was one of the games that utilized the expansion pack for the Nintendo 64, so it looks really, really good. Yeah, and that the arcade version of that game is fucking awesome too. Oh yeah, because yeah, it's fucking, got the handles and everything. Yes, and you do the, the that's the controls of the two handles for left and right. It is so hard yeah. to control, but awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I was always running into the canyon walls on the arcade version. Mm -hmm. I mean, no doubt about it. Yeah. yeah. Nothing better than feeling like a little Annie. <laughs> little Orphan Annie. <laughs> little Orphan Annie. <laughs> oh, man. 
Mr. Butter, 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 Annie. <laughs> Mr. Rachel Stereotyping. That was a pretty good impression, dude. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> I thought that I... was a soundbite at first. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie, dude. Mr. No. Mr. No know how to go to the place of the Gorda. Man, we didn't do a podcast where you are in character the whole time as Jordan Hicks. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can do it. I can do an intro clip. <laughs> Mr. Jaja Binkson, you're listening to the Fates of the Games cast. <laughs> I'm totally putting that right before anything. <laughs> oh my god, that's so awesome! <laughs> that's a really fucking good impression. It's gonna be the new intro to the Fate Cast. <laughs> <laughs> that is a really good impression. Like, I don't know, if maybe the audio over the mic is helping it out or something, but that is fucking insane, dude. <laughs> Mr. Jaja Binkson, this is a uh, this American life. Oh my god, that is hilarious. Oh, man. I can I can do some impressions. I can do uh, Kermit the Frog. Yeah, you got a funny heart. Kermit, I'll listen. Uh, I got Kermit the Frog here. I'm getting into <laughs> the fan of the game podcast. God, that's really fucking good too. Holy <laughs> shit! <Yeah>. <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs> Why are there so many casts about video games? <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> that's good shit all right. I'm impressed yeah, I'm yeah thank impressed. you thank I have never I, in all of the ridiculous states of mind we've hung out in I cannot believe you've never broken <laughs> out you Jar Jar Binks are <laughs> I feel like I was robbed of some <laughs> old back <in> the day. <laughs> oh man but, well that's that's what happens when you're an only child <laughs> you have to you start voices you, st- <laughs> you start talking to yourself in a lot of different voices <laughs> <laughs> oh man well guys jesus we have been going for a while here uh not all not two hours yet but we've got an hour and a half uh let's wrap this on up uh what about any other games you want to talk about i, I knew there was one more and i thought of in my mind's eye that I cannot recollect at this moment in time. Super Smash Brothers for the Wii U. No? Nobody? That game's not even out yet. No, it's not, but... uh, Alright, so... You suggested this last week. We didn't talk about it this week, but next week I I definitely think we should talk about this, which is... What is going to save, if anything, the Wii U? <laughs> I was just fucking around about that, dude. <laughs> yeah, but I, I really do I know, want to I, I know. I do, it's a valid thing to talk about, especially at the beginning of the year when there's not like a lot of news happening. Yeah. 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 Uh, I, I agree. I think it's something we could talk about next week for sure. Yeah. Sounds good. But in a, nu- in a nutshell, something to think about about this. All right. So let's say... This game is coming out like late summer, maybe August or September of 2014, which is, I think that's a reasonable guess. Like when college is starting back. Mm-hmm. Uh, so something that can potentially save the Wii U is this game, but not by itself. Uh, this is a good opportunity for them to really quickly get out a Wii U version of the GameCube controller, pack it in with a bundled version with uh smash brothers u Mm -hmm. and like it's a wireless controller it's very similar to the gamecube controller which everybody prefers to play smash on anyway you package it all in you you leave out the big controller the big bulky controller with the screen on it and you've you've basically eliminated most of the cost of the machine by doing that 
and you bundle up maybe the game plus the controller for 250 to 300 bucks, you're definitely going to move a lot of units. Yeah, but there's got to be a lot of stuff that happens between now and then for that uh, to go down. They're going to have to redesign the interface and the, uh, the OS. Well, I mean, they could launch without that. In fact, they could have their software people do that on the side while all this other stuff's happening, and then you download the patch once you hook it up at home. Yeah. But or like the OS update or whatever. So, I mean, and you, and so you're saying, okay, okay, okay. But what about the game itself? Do you include a, a copy of that controller? Because, yeah. I mean, that's like doing it at a loss if you make it competitive. Otherwise, you're going to price it high. Well, that's what I'm saying. So right now, the Wii U... Uh, the biggest cost that comes to the to Nintendo is the controller, mm-hmm. not the not the actual console. Yeah. So you you very quickly get everything you need logistics wise to get a new controller out that is essentially just a wireless version of the game, the WaveBird controller mm-hmm. with smaller components hmm. that that adapts to the the Wii U and uses the same charger that the uh, the current controller uses. God, they already have the Pro controller though. Yeah, but everybody hates it. And it's not selling very well. Hmm. So you get that GameCube controller in there, take out the other thing. Even if you sell the, the console for 250 that's still making more per unit than they're making right now. And that's even if you include a digital code for the game with the console. I think it's a risky move, though, even though just because that game's coming out on 3DS. But anyway, we'll save yeah. that for next week. I think it's a good topic conversation. Is it? Is it the same? Like, is the 3DS version of the game going to be the same? By all game? rights, that's what I've heard. I've heard uh, that there's that, gonna there might be a character or two that appear on each version that are different. Like, get you're gonna get the uh, Soul Caliber effect, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Well, it's not out of the it's not out of the question just because you look at the 2DS. It was announced like three weeks before it came out, and it was released in conjunction with the game, which is Pokemon. Mm-hmm. So they've done it once. They could do it for this console that they're losing a ton of money on. And I think the fans are super loud about wanting the GameCube con- controller back, like on some level, you know? God, I just like for them to concede that broken con- or that fucking screen controller, like. I just don't know if they can do it. I don't like that. You know, you said they're a Japanese company last time we talked about this and like that is totally admitting you were wrong and that what you did was a failure. Yeah, I but I mean, I don't know at, if they'll do that. Look at the 2DS. They have basically by coming up with the 2DS, they admitted that the 3D was somewhat of a gimmick and that it doesn't necessarily have to be a part of the machine. Uh, yeah, how many but, years did it take them to do that, though? Yeah, but I mean, well, they they were also making a fuck ton of money off the 3DS. So yeah, but I mean, what you're talking about doing is uh, completely eradicating the need for that that controller at all. Like, well, uh, I know? mean, look how well that's working for them right now. I, I know, I know. I'm just saying, like again, that's that's like the Japanese company aspect, though, working against this uh, and the fact that they might stick to do something. And stick behind something out of pride and honor. I think they would do the same thing, not by not changing completely their whole what they've called. Well, you know, what did they call it? Their uh, their their vision for this system. Yeah. Well, there's no pride and profit, and or there's no pride and honor and profit. So exactly. That's why I say cut it loose. They want, no, <laughs> dude. That that that's. No way that's gonna happen. There's I mean, no if you're way. talking about pride and profit, like I would not even fucking waste the money on it. I would go ahead and get what I had with 
for it out the door and go ahead and be working on whatever my next thing is. There's already rumors about their next system. Have you heard about this? No. Yeah. There's been a lot of shit going around the forums in the last two weeks about another system. I mean, if that happens, though, that's that's going to severely damage their rapport with the people who did buy the Wii U, to be honest. Yeah, I, yeah. And personally, I don't think they actually give a shit about those people because it's, there's, it's less than four million of them. That's not the people they're trying to make money off of. Uh, there's been, I think, six million sold. There's well, more... There's more sold than the other consoles thus far. I don't think they've made six million yet. I don't think they made five million before January one because they didn't release the numbers. Uh, but, but anyway, it's it, uh, it says knows? it says five point five million on VG charts. Yeah, but VG charts is not real. It's <laughs> est- it's estimated. <laughs> <laughs> all right well it, you it, better not ever cite it ever again i, I won't but uh i mean i'm just saying it's it's not mpd numbers or it's not and they're not from the company you know like you know sony releases their shit and xbox one did their shit like we have moved these many units in like that means like sold to humans not if you say we move this many units through that means sold to retailers you know so who knows but i mean it, I, I don't know I, I think that the Wii U is worth saving, and I think it's worth fixing. But I definitely think that's a conversation for a fresh podcast. <laughs> Otherwise, we will end up doing this road all ourselves. Plus, I think Jed probably has some things to say about that, too. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. So we'll save that for next week. That'll be our side topic of interest. Uh, Should be our main topic of interest. Well, I mean, that, I mean that's of course, that's what I'm talking about. I mean, our, you know, our, our topic of interest, period, is mm-hmm. going to be... Give me a break, dude. I don't hate the fucking Wii U. <laughs> I think that controller is dumb as shit. So I agree with you to get I rid think, of it. But I think you're the Hitler of the Wii U. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> fuck, fuck Nintendo. Burn it down. You, you are literally Hitler. <laughs> yeah. No, I am not. Uh, and, but, <laughs> and I just talked about how awesome the GameCube was and how I need to get some more GameCube games. But... Uh, but anyway, yeah, I, I mean, I think it's a system that can be saved. I think there will be a lot of concessions made to do that. Uh, and it's just going to depend on how much they believe in it. So we'll run all that down next week for you, though. Uh, thanks for tuning in, guys. Uh, I've been Dalton Miller. He's been Tyler Stewart. And continue to be. And continues to be. Uh, we, you, lover with blinders on. Uh, <laughs> just as much as I am Hitler. And Seth Parsley also has joined us this week. Yeah, uh, I guess I'm just Sony's bitch. I don't know. <laughs> He's, he doesn't care. He's in the camp of, I got everything I want. All my shit works together. Hell yeah. All my purchases are ubiquitous across the Vita and the PS4 and PS3. So, uh, yeah, he's he's living pretty right now. And, of course, next week, hopefully, we'll have Jed Pressgrove back with us. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. And, of course, we got trailed off on our topic this week. But if there are games that you like guys and girls if there are games that you like that may not have received the critical reception that you thought they should have tell us about them in the comments or on twitter and of course stay tuned for the next show which i'm sure will be fun talking about the wii u so until then we've been the fake cast peace